we finished Leviticus last week, so what should we do next? Right? Numbers? Anyone up for numbers? Deuteronomy? No? Okay. All right. We are going to be in Psalm 46 for the next three weeks. Um, It's found on page 557 in your pew Bible, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, so you can read along. Um, Today, we're going to read all of Psalm 46. The sermon will focus just on the first three verses, though. Psalm 46, um, as you're turning and looking for it, there's some interesting things about it that um, are notes and um, little extra thoughts to chew on that aren't uh, part of the overall sermon thought that I want to draw your attention to. One of them is that it's easy to figure out how to break Psalm 46 into three sections because David, the psalmist, after verse 3, after verse 7, and there at the end of verse 11, writes Salah. Um, uh, I could tell you what it means, but I would be wrong because there's not a universal agreement um, from the scholars on Salah other than it comes at a moment of pause and separation within the Psalms when we find it. Now, Psalm 46 is a song. Right? You know, some psalms are prayers, some psalms are journal entries from David. Psalm 46 is a song. David writes it to the choir master of the sons of Korah. If you're familiar with the sons of Korah, Korah was a, a part of the people in Israel there in the wilderness, and they wanted to go back to worshiping idols and graven images and went to the elders and complained about everything and God swallowed them up. The earth, the the scripture says the earth opened up and all of Korah and their wives and their children and their servants and their things were swallowed up in the earth and the earth closed back up. And so when this song is to the choir master of the sons of Korah, in David's time, there, is, there are no descendants of Korah, right? They were all swallowed up. There, there are no more descendants of Korah. And so therefore, as we read this song and we study this song, we understand that David is writing this song as much as a praise to God, but also a warning for those who are unfaithful to God. And so that's how we understand this as it's read. And so let us read God's word together. Psalm 46, verse 1, there it begins. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Salah. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. 
He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would, please join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. September 11th, 2001. I was a freshman at Texas Christian University. And it was a normal Tuesday, like any other Tuesday when it began. I was waking up late because I had signed myself up in great hubris for all 8 a.m. classes my freshman year at college. So I was waking up late, running across the lawns of TCU at 7.59 and skirting right in before the door closed behind me. A girl, however, happened to be late. And as she walked in, when asked why she was late, she said the student union was packed with other students and it took a while to get through something about there's a building on fire in New York City. There's not Facebook, there's not Instagram. Text messages are barely a thing. So class continues on. It was statistics class. And on that day, we learned how to calculate the probability when flipping a coin and determining heads or tails. It seemed like a mundane Tuesday. It was until we were dismissed. And as we walked back to our vehicles and our dorm rooms across the campus, there was a buzz as you walked by people. Do you know what's going on? Have you heard? The student union was still packed with people gathered around the TV. And when you glance at it, yes, there is a building with smoke on fire there in New York City. It wasn't upon my, until my return to my dorm room in which my roommate is awake and the TV is playing that I gained knowledge of what has happened that day. Planes have intentionally been flown into both towers of the World Trade Center. And like many of you, on that day, we hold the images and the videos of the chaos and the destruction unfold in a way we had never imagined before. And there suddenly, all at once, that peace and safety that we were so confident in in just being here in the United States was violently ripped out from underneath us. No longer would we be so naive about our safety from international threats and terrorists. And for days, 
For days we stayed home. We huddled with family. We checked on friends. But we stayed home in shock, in fear, in disbelief. Our world as we knew it here in the United States crumbled with those towers on September 11th, 2001. And so it's, it's a blessing that on this day we get to hear David's song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. David writes with great confidence that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of, of chaos of our world, literally crumbling around us that it is God who is our refuge and strength. He tells of this chaos. He, he, he writes as if there was a great earthquake in which this sure and solid ground for which we stand is now violently shaking and breaking apart. Though the earth gives way or though the mountains are moved into the heart of the sea. In the Near East, there during this time, there was an understanding that the sky was held up by these pillars out in the heart of the sea. And so the very thought that the mountains would be trembling and moving to the heart of the sea where they totter and fight against the pillars and that the sky would come crumbling down in the midst of absolute chaos and collapse. David says, God is our refuge and strength. When the world is in complete peril, he is a very present help in trouble. See, as he writes, he writes that all creation is there in chaos and crumbling around him. But even so, God is our refuge and strength. David doesn't turn to his own might. He doesn't point us to our own will and strength or our own intelligence and ability to figure things out. And he doesn't turn to the military might that he was able to command as king of Israel. Rather, he confesses that it is God and God alone who is our present help in trouble. It is only God. It is God who is our fortress, where we can seek sanctuary and rest and safety. When the earth is crumbling around us and chaos befalls and evil surrounds us, it is God who is faithful. It is God who is true. It is God who is unmoved. It is God who is our safe space. 
Martin Luther, the great reformer from the 1500s. He was a, he was a Catholic priest. And then he had some issues with the Catholic Church. And he wrote them down and pinned them on the doors of the church in 1517. This began a conflict with the Pope. The Pope wasn't a big fan of him calling out the Pope in the way the Catholic Church was doing things. And so Martin Luther was a bit of a fugitive within the church itself of the Catholic Church. And then it was in 1527 that the Black Plague reemerges in Germany where Martin Luther is located. Martin Luther is married. He has a wife. He has kids. And she is pregnant with a daughter. And they make a decision to stay there in Wittenberg to help those who are sick during the plague. The unfortunate thing is both Martin and his wife come down with the plague. They both survive, but it would be their daughter that she was pregnant with would have an untimely death at five months old. Martin Luther inspired by David's song in Psalm 46, writes the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a bulwark never failing. For Martin Luther knew what David knew. We live in a fallen world where chaos is constantly seeking to reassert itself. That we live in a fallen world in which evil and flesh and sin are seeking to rule over all of it. And yet in its midst, God is our refuge and strength. One of the the paramount understandings in our Christian, Christian faith, paramount celebrations, is that, is that Jesus was born. And in, in Christmas, as it turns to fall, some are already decorating with pumpkins, and some have already skipped over to Christmas trees. Because Christmas is a great celebration for the church. For on the day Jesus was born, we understand that it was Emmanuel, God with us. For you see, it's Jesus who is the personification of David's song here in Psalm 46. For it's Jesus himself that is our present refuge and future victory. For it is our sin and flesh and evil that is the trouble around us. And it is God alone in Christ Jesus who saves us, brings us into his fortress. You see, David writes, he writes of God as our refuge and strength. And he does so with confidence because of God's record. For God is faithful. God is faithful to his promises. He looks at all that God has promised Israel through the ages and see that God shows up and shows out every time for Israel just as he said 
he would. For God is faithful to his promises. That even if the unthinkable were to occur, as it did on September 11th, 2001, or maybe when the doctor walked into the room one day, Maybe it was when the phone rang with a voice on the other end. Even when the unthinkable occurs, God is faithful to his promises. The Apostle Paul writes about hope in Christ to every church in the New Testament. He tells them about this hope, this hope of a future good, a hope that God has them secured in his hand, not merely for this life, but that they are secure in Christ for life eternal with the Father. That our forever home is in the mansion built by God. A mighty fortress it is. That's why this understanding that God is with us is paramount to our faith paramount to our faith. It's, it's important because it's in the midst of suffering and chaos, in, in the midst of great pain and trouble and turmoil that we easily forget. When chaos surrounds us, suffering comes to us, pain comes to us, it becomes disorienting. When we find ourselves in a storm, it can be so big and so large and so dark and hard to see more than the tip of our nose. And in that pain, it can be so numbing, we forget to feel the warmth of God's embrace. Yet, Dear Christian, he is a very present help in trouble. This is the good news, David writes. He never withdraws himself. He is present, not just present, but very present, he writes. Near to us, close to us. He is more present to us than our bestest of friends. He's closer to us than our closest family member. And yes, while it is difficult to fully fathom, he is more present in our lives than the trouble we face. And so it is for those who trust in the Lord in this chaotic and tough and hard world who find refuge and strength, who will, in the midst of chaos, be able to pause, to breathe, and to remember God's word, 
See, David writes, Salah, a pause, a break, a breath in the midst of his song. We are in no hurry. We can sit down even as the earth dissolves around us. Because the one who has created us holds us firmly in his hands. We don't have to rush into rash decisions. We can come calmly to face the chaos, the trouble, the suffering, because God is our mighty fortress. And when we are his, we are his. And so Salah is not an exclamation or an alarming stop in a seemingly beautiful song, but it's a moment to remember God's very presence in chaos. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather this morning and we sing of your praises, we trust as David did, we trust as Paul did, we trust as Martin Luther did, that you do not withdraw from us, but that you are a very present help in trouble. O oh Lord, in those chaotic and troubling and suffering and painful times in the midst of our disorientation reorient us towards you O God in Jesus name we pray amen and so this morning as we stand and sing we have a decision to make a reflection on our own lives when the chaos and the suffering and the trouble and the pain comes. Are you trusting in God's fortress? And if so, praise be to him. Amen.